0: You're listening to The Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast.
1: All right, everybody, what's up? This is Brian and Bonnie Pugh here from the Union. And we are doing part two of our singleness podcast with Sean and Carrie Harvey, some of our favorite people. Sean and Carrie Harvey, say hi to everyone.
2: Hi everyone. Hi, everyone.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Just for those who uh <laughs> oh, I'm totally gonna have to edit that out. But maybe we'll keep it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel when I edit this. Um But uh, just for those who didn't catch part one, even though we would encourage you to totally go back and listen to part one before you listen to this, um, it was absolutely amazing. Um, Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, we're Sean and Carrie Harvey, and as of this week, I don't know what week this will air, but while we are recording, we are one day away from our 15th anniversary, Woo-hoo! and we're excited about that, and we have four great kids, a uh, nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, and two little twin boys that will be seven in a month, wow. and so if you do that math, it's uh, four kids in 33 months, so you can plan on it that we have not slept for nine years, That's
1: real.
2: And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're holding up all right, but... Yeah. Yeah, we're we're just coming out of the tunnel of sleep deprivation, so it's uh, it's glorious on this side. So you guys run a an
1: awesome ministry focused on leadership development. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, uh, Carrie and I are the directors of a Launch, uh, previously called the Masters Commission. It's a ten month discipleship program, which is equipping young adults to live on purpose. Wow. Uh, the idea being that if we can help young adults find the purpose that God has created them for, uh, that they are going to live better lives. And we want to give them the tools and the abilities to uh, go forward in life and to live um, on purpose uh, for what God has created them for. Oh,
2: amazing! So it's character based leadership and servanthood training, all that. It's kind of our answer to the failure to launch. We really wow. want young adults to feel like they have what it takes to launch wow. into life and give them the practical tools, communication and and just practical life skills that they need to to succeed and thrive and love their local church and find a community that believes in them. Wow, that's amazing.
0: Back in 2005, I was a graduate of that program. Yes, Carrie, you were um, one of the directors at the time, one of the leaders there mm-hmm. and had a great influence on my life. And, and I, yeah, definitely. That was an influential year changed pivotal pivotal for my life so thanks for what you guys do not just not just for me but for um oh i don't even know how many graduates now have there been in-
2: we just crested 300, 300. Oh, come, come on. on that's so good yeah. and they, it's been a crazy beautiful and ride they go
0: on and they're not just leaders within the church but they're leaders in their communities in business family
2: that's family right. leaders
0: yeah that's it's wonderful i love i love that generational vision that your guys's um home church mm-hmm. city life has out yeah. in chilliwack so yeah. And that's one of the reasons we wanted we to um, have you guys coming in and talking on this subject of of singleness and sometimes um, not just singleness as seen as just a season preparing for marriage, but actually a season, like the season itself being a fulfilling one um, where people are growing and developing um, themselves. Uh, so last, yeah, last episode, we had some great dialogue about your own personal own personal journeys and the lessons you guys have learned uh, in the waiting and in the not holding back who you were um, as you as you and then you found one another. And um, yeah, so we encourage you to head back and listen to that episode as well. Um, Today, we wanted to talk a little bit more about um, finding joy in community. uh, Because I know that one of the biggest things that single people can face is loneliness. That's one of the biggest challenges. Um, Then Mm -hmm. we also want to talk about some practical things that you can do to develop yourself, Um, not just Mm -hmm. wait for marriage, for life to start. Um, And then we also wanted to broach the topic of why um, maybe some people are facing the fears of commitment into relationships. Statistically, uh, people are marrying later in life than they were before. And I know there's lots of reasons, but I suspect that a fear of commitment might be one of them. Uh, So yeah, we're going to get started on that. Uh, What would you guys say is one of your what would you recommend for if young people were to come to you and they're saying, um, I'm feeling so lonely? What would be something that you would say that they could do to start to
2: um, ward that off? I, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the last session, but I think that it's easy to want to avoid that feeling of loneliness. But I think kind of steer your ship right into the heart of it. Honestly, I think you have to face down what is it that you think marriage is going to give you and wow. what do you yeah. think that you're missing that that marriage is going to give you and certainly there are some things like we're we're not trying to like you know speak in kind of rhymes or kind of I don't want to trick anybody like for sure marriage is wonderful and it's very fulfilling but it's not the answer to everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I would often say to people you know, marriage is heaven on earth when you've done the work and you know how to communicate and you know how to lay your life down for somebody else and say no to yourself and you know how to lead yourself, but, uh, sorry to be kind of blunt, but it's hell on earth. If you don't know how to do all those things, like, yeah, uh, wow. like I, I talk to people who are in unhappy marriages and I think, gosh, like that's worse than being single. Honestly, I think, Absolutely. you know, I think Sometimes we can see, especially in the church, it seems like marriage is kind of like that that final marriage and, and family is kind of like that's when you've mm-hmm. achieved that, then you've made it in life. And I, I don't know, I, I obviously I love marriage and family, but I think being the person that God created you to be. You know the the calling and the purpose of God on your life. That's his primary. I mean, Paul was clear about that, and that you know he kind of wished that everybody was single, but like, so right, that they yeah. could do the work of the gospel. But of course, marriage and family is important because we need people on the planet. You know, and and marriage <laughs> is the picture of of the bride and the groom and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that it's important that we keep it in its place, but we also need to look at loneliness in particular from the viewpoint of if you don't know how to be content inside of yourself when you're single, marriage isn't going to fix that. You need to learn how to, like we have these little cards for our kids and the definition for contentment is I have my wanter under control. And I love how kids' language often points to what we need to work on, but in a way that's super easy to understand. Like do we have our wanters under control? Do I know what it is that I think this man or this woman is gonna do for me and can I can I get that in check? You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, it
1: you totally might. does. Yeah. I'm gonna to say too, we are totally gonna to steal that phrase. Yeah. Like that's that's gonna become commonplace in our home. Is our wanter under control? Yeah. It's so good. I was yeah.
3: thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them. They're called We Choose Virtues. Okay, great. And, and they're a great, uh, great card set. I think we should hang them up actually in more places where young adults are because it would sure help with making it laughable, um, but at right. the same time bringing, bringing the point to some things of um, patience. I wait and wait and wait with a smile on my face. Um, yeah. So
2: even in the season of singleness, I wait and wait and wait with a smile on my face. Come wow, on, baby. Yeah. Like, don't preach.
3: <laughs> well, and, yeah. and the problem that I see happening is that – um, and, you know, and James talks about it where uh, for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every e- uh-huh. evil thing are there. Um, James uh, 316 um, that there is um, when when you are seeking out the things that are not like like if you're looking at um the, sorry the other line that we have is the grass is greener on our side of the fence um mm. Carrie and I have kind of had that language around um around everything in our lives uh, we when we look we go camping we see that our the site that we pick is the best site we don't you know like we it's, talk ourselves it, into we, it. we talk ourselves into it we say no no that one that one might be closer to the washrooms <laughs> but it's ours an have...
2: open field in the beating <laughs> yeah. sun and there's weeds everywhere but we will yeah. we'll sell ourselves this is yeah. the best site well
3: because but we we choose to find a way to be content yeah. with what yeah. we have
1: in that's that so moment good.
3: and and I think um is not it's not that cliche thing of well the moment you stop wanting to be married then then yeah. your Mr writer Mrs Wright's going to come along it's like no that that's that's baloney. But how about we just be content with the season that we're in and yeah. we, we get the most out of this season and and find what are the things that we can actually do or and accomplish and be a part of in this season and mm. and get the most out of it. If we're continually waiting for that next season to happen, we're going to miss out on the opportunities that are now and not be prepared for that next season. And so we need to recognize that the grass is green right here, right now. And we need, we need to be focused on what we can actually do on our own yard yeah. instead of comparing to what other people are already doing on their yards.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Um, one of the questions we wanted to jump into, and we kind of got to kind of the, you know, kind of from 30,000 feet of the principles um, to navigate the kind of season of singleness. But Um, what would you say some of the practical things, um, that maybe you implemented into your life, um, or that you would encourage, you know, other people now on this side of, of marriage, um, to kind of, what are some of the practical things that you would encourage people to start developing in their life and implementing in their life when they are single?
2: I think if you can really resource yourself, I think the key things that have really paid off is you cannot work hard enough at your work ethic, your character Uh and your communication. If you will study communication, study people uh, and learn to navigate a conversation, learn to break outside of your own thought bubble and get into other people's space. You become a noticer. You, you like Joseph, noticed the other people while he was in prison. That's an important principle in life. Do you notice like Joseph is stuck? and everybody, you know, might have to wrestle with their own self pity. And, you know, we we can often feel stuck in life, but right in the middle of that pit, Joseph noticed that the, that the other people in prison with him, their, their faces were downcast. And, and that noticing is what took him straight up to the top of the palace. Mm. And I think that sometimes we can get so locked into what we don't have. We easily miss all the opportunities that we do have. And Mm. there are things that you can do when you don't have the time commitments and the sleep deprivation and the financial commitments. And, and you can get so fixated on the things that you can't do that you can't even enjoy the things that you can do. And I think that's part of contentment too. So I think as far as, preparing in that season or even just becoming a better person every minute you spend learning how to communicate and serve and give your life to other people will pay off huge no matter what ends up happening yeah uh, but i think I, I i really push against this idea in the season of singleness or in a single existence that you're in a holding pattern like don't mm-hmm. ever No matter what season you're in, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a dad who doesn't like his job or a woman who doesn't like her job, no part of life should feel like you're in a holding pattern where you don't have any options to self-improve. I think you can always press into your relationship with Christ, always be growing, always be developing, and that will always pay off no matter what happens next.
3: Hmm. And uh, for men in particular, um, building a band of brothers, uh, it is so difficult and I don't know how you feel about this, Brian, but for, for me, even since we've gotten married, I, um, the men in my life shrunk for a long number of of that season because they, they moved into their families. They, they started doing their other things or they moved away and the band of brothers around me, the people that could actually call me up or call me out and could see what where I needed to grow or see where I needed to engage better in the society around me, um, that mm-hmm. shrunk for a while. And so having a strong, uh, band of brothers, people that would actually take a look into your life and say, Hey, you need to grow in this area or you've got this, you can do this and, and push you on to greatness. Um, There's no better season than than that season of life to be able to build that as strong Mm -hmm. as you can to be a good friend to the people around you and to get those friends around that can speak into your life. That way, when you get to the married um, side of things, that you have those voices still that um, engage in it. The number of people that I have that were with me before and now with me now, I've got more on that side than I do of ones I've added since then. Um, because the ones who were like really knew me before we got married are the ones who still know me now. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I, I seek out the most. And so build that, that, uh, that clan around you that you, um, that you're not doing life in a vacuum. Really
1: good. Yeah. Like I could, I couldn't agree more. Like I feel like I look back in the season when Bonnie and I got married and, and obviously like you're really excited to be married and you're really excited to be with this person. And especially like, you know, we, we waited two years before we were going to be married, but it's like, that felt like, you know, 2000 yeah. years, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they're just like, we get to be together. This is great. But, um, you know, I think even in this last season of my life, this last, uh, probably six, six to eight months, I, yeah, I've realized just how important, You know, we've been married for over 11 years and I felt like, you know, I have lots of guys who I know are, you know, there'd be, I'd say they're my friends, but like, you know, do I have men that would lay down their life for me and I would do the same? You know what I mean? That I would Mm -hmm. have their back and they would have my back. And I realized that you only get those friends by being that for somebody else. Yeah, And, and I felt like, um, you know, it's just, I think the Lord is just really opening up something in my life to really start pursuing that and I yeah I couldn't agree more Sean that was spot on
2: yeah Sean has a saying to the guys especially he'll say who are your six there's gonna be six men that carry your casket to the grave which sounds really epic but you know there's something to that that you should have six people that you would trust for your last moment you know yeah it's kind of a good question good absolutely yeah
0: I really like that um Sean I know that you are an avid reader would you have any recommendations of books for men or women on that building um building that community or building those lifelong friendships <laughs>
3: Um, the, the number one book I could recommend there is Stephen Mansfield's um, um, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, which is uh, a great book on um, the virtues of manhood and what you need there. Um, then beyond that is a book that he also wrote that's a little bit shorter book on um, Building Your Band of Brothers. And that one is really more of the how to. the The first one is the what you should be working on in your life, and then the second book is really how to build up that band of brothers, how to get um, people around you and engage in, in the community in large. Um, and those are uh, those are phenomenal books on on that Very subject.
0: Cool. That's great, Sean. Thank you for that. Um, I wonder if women. I I feel like women may be a little bit more. Um, eager or maybe even more natural at developing some of those, um, tight knit friendships. Carrie, I remember that before you got married, if I'm correct, you lived almost like in a community. Was it, were mm-hmm. you in a house with a bunch of other women? Yeah. Can you tell us about that environment? What was that like for developing you as a person?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We actually, uh, called it the dollhouse. There were five of us that <laughs> live there and, uh, that was a fun ride. We, uh, you know, I do agree. I think women are more naturally, uh, interconnected. I think we, we push toward relationship. I think men kind of see it as it's essential, but they, they don't fight for it quite as hard. I think women do, but women fight more, inside the relationships. And so, uh, sure. men tend to bump along without a lot of fanfare, uh, with the girls, you know, we tend to <laughs> sparks fly, but we, we need each other. And I think, you know, maybe even on this topic, just really settling in your heart that you're going to celebrate your friendships. And, you know, I would say similarly, I have a lot of friends from before I was married that I really value because they have carried with me through all these years and there's just nothing like it. And, And and gosh, just the way that it worked out, it's so cool because I'm raising my family with my friends and all their kids are the same age as our kids. And I'm living kind of this, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. And so I'm like living this wild dream where I have like, all my kids have like aunties and uncles and people that I've known since before they were born. And it's really rich. It's a treasure to me. And some of those are the girls that I lived with in that house. So, yeah.
1: You know, I wanted to say, kind of ask some kind of pointed questions because we wanted to kind of bring this into the perspective of leadership. And I f we found this quote by Ed Stetzer and it says that singles are not an accessory an accessory or an appendage in the life of the church. And um, you know, like as Bonnie mentioned the in the part one, there's this stat that we found the sixty one percent of the under 35 year olds are single, mm-hmm. um, that's making up a pretty large percentage of the church. And you had made a comment before about how sometimes we make marriage and family to be like this upper echelon. Mm-hmm. You know, you this is the, this is the point that you arrive. Um, you know, how did you combat some of those realities and how, as a leader, what would be some real practical tools to help combat that in, You know, the churches that we're leading, the small groups that we're leading, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the ministries that we're leading.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that Jesus always spoke in the language of inclusion. And I think that includes the seasons that we go through because singles isn't I think we. I don't know if everybody's like this. I think I naturally lean toward thinking singles are like young adults, but singles right. can be single, you know, at all stages of life. They could be widows, or they could be people that never married, um, and really- they have a story to tell. I think. You know, maybe not even so much in the area of like single or married, but I remember very clearly before I had my kids sitting at a dinner with all these other girls and almost all of them were pregnant or had already had a baby and I was the only one who didn't. And that stands out to me so much because there was not one conversation that I felt like I could jump into. And I think that maybe less to the people that are single, more to the people that are married or in another season of life, that we don't just have these conversations that are solely focused on one topic that we, we have so many different connection points that yes. we wouldn't just lock in on this one experience as though it is the only one that really matters and find a way to have conversations that don't exclude people or make them mm-hmm. feel inferior somehow, or you, you just don't, unless you're married, you just don't understand. Which you think, okay, well, yeah, there's certainly some things, but if you haven't been single until you're 40, you don't understand either. So I think that those are kind of exclusive sentences that I think that we can learn a lot from other people. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I guess just, you know, my compassionate heart just wants to put a plea out there to say like, be careful with these friends that are in different seasons and you could be sitting feeling, you know, like your life is all going fine because you're married and you have a, you know, a bunch of kids like we are in that season right now, but it isn't always like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even they have that season, but their kids are sick or, or maybe, you know, everybody's going through a something. And I think it's important that we don't draw circles around and say, when you're in this circle, you've made it. And until you're in this circle, you need to keep scrambling to get into it. I think mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's the right way to handle a community. And I think we really need to value the voices of these singles and value how much they work, because I'll, I'll just guess that they're the main workforce of the church and how much they're doing to really generate a lot of beautiful things for the kingdom. And no, for sure, we need to really value that.
1: That's so good.
0: And honor that role that they that they fill. I like what you said there about, um, yeah, just being aware of other people's seasons. And I think I would even add that I, I don't like when I see, um, people kind of start to segregate into whatever stage of life they're in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's something we've loved having, um, our unmarried friends in our lives. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a rich thing, you know? And, and, and hopefully sometimes I think we feel like the busy loud you know, messy friends with all their children, but if they'll still keep coming around, we like having them and hearing their perspectives and...
2: Well, it's good for them and it's good for you. You know, and it reminds me too, when my di- when my mom passed away, which was 14 years ago, you know, here's my dad who'd been married for 33 years, who was now single. And he oh, was wow. so used to navigating life as, as a couple. So now he's the mm-hmm. third wheel in everything. You can't go on double dates. You can't play cards because it's always pairs. So everything, yeah. his whole life had to recalibrate. And it really required a community of people understanding that we can't do everything in even numbers in pairs, we need yes. to be sensitive that sometimes we need to do things in threes or fives you know and we can't just do things that make people feel like we fit nicely inside a, a
3: pairs and yeah
0: that's really good that's amazing
3: I think another term that I'm more annoyed with is uh, young adults. Because then at least when you're classified as a young adult, it's okay to be single. But then all of a sudden, you're no longer in the young adults category by whoever's right. standard. And now you're still single. So there must be something wrong with you. And there's that whole thing. Like if you're in this category, it's okay. But then if you get out of that category, uh-oh. And and so I, I don't know. I mean, I know the term needs to still exist. But, but that that grouping, I think, sets it up also for the, for the, for it's cool to be single or, or, you know, to be getting married. But then if you are older than that, then what do you call them? You know, like, or it just kind of becomes one more spot where you break the group apart. And yeah, right. And really, I think school has um, set us up in such a way that we think that things have to be broken up by age. Um, we think that things have to be broken up by, um, class of society, but really the, the more we can be like the church on Sunday morning where you have, you have young people, old people, you got married people widowed. Yeah. Um, you've got the kids running around and you've got all these other things happening and that's the community. And the moment we try to just take one piece by one flavor, we lose the consistency of, of that community. It's like if you take one spice out of the recipe and you just made a recipe with that one spice, it's like it's not going to taste as good as 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 the mix of everything in there, because too much of um, cumin is going to be way too much for your flavors or whatever else you need. You need other things in there. I don't know what i'm talking about
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't mean to show shot throw sean harvey under the bus but he doesn't actually cook <laughs> <Yeah. So laughs> I'm doesn't like, mean they can't I use the metaphor right now <laughs> yeah. is the word cumin because <laughs> yeah. i don't know if you would even know what to put it in i don't mean to be that's rude his,
1: that's his one go-to spice <laughs> this is one go-to spice you just don't that's put awesome. it in
2: spaghetti <laughs> yeah.
0: that's fantastic i really like that point john i think that's oh, yeah um that's wonderful.
1: (laughs) What, what would you guys say to somebody who, like, how do you fight fear to get into that community? Because it takes, you know, and, and even to kind of jump back a little bit to why guys are not so naturally for the most part, not to make a generalization, but a lot of times guys are, are hesitant to make those real friendships and pursue those real friendships because it, it requires a certain level of transparency and vulnerability. Um, like what would you say to somebody who? Um, you know, is facing that fear to really get in and open up their lives to other people, multiple generations, and really get into community like that?
3: Um, I think the first thing I would say is it's worth it. Um, and the the second thing I would say is more to the community. Um, for most men, the issue is the world and the society that they're living in um, has really put them into two categories. One is to have this heroic intelligence of what it means to win in the workplace, what it means to engage in um, in in the community at large. Especially if, say, if they're in the trades or anything else, there is um, this this thing that they need to be able to do, and they need to be able to do it well. And it means you keep your emotions, uh, uh you know, bottled up. You you don't you don't right. you don't bring your emotions to work. You, you if you're Climbing the corporate ladder, you you've got to just be able to play the game well and and right. engage on it. Then they get out of that environment and they're, you know, they're paid well for what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. And then you put them in the rest of their life on like a Sunday morning or life group. And then you say, OK, now you need to be emotionally intelligent. And you have to yeah. you swap between being heroically intelligent to emotionally intelligent, and now you have to use a whole different skill set of engagement um, in order to fit into that society. And so, it's not wrong that there is um, a push for men to be able to do that, but you just need to know it's very difficult for those who have been told and and trained up in their work environments that, that to leave these things aside and to not not care about this but to build up the things that will make you successful make you the money and then to flip it around and say well society wise if you want to engage in this community you need to be more emotionally attached um, mm. it's a hard it's a hard um, uh, changeover for guys it's a hard pivot because they're um they they put so much energy in one direction, it's it's counterintuitive to then become emotionally um emotionally intelligent in that in those God. moments. And and that's one of the biggest polls that we see. Plus, I think society has really shown it like I mean, unfortunately, we see some of the shows even our kids are watching and and they show the guys either as really dumb and really ignorant and really like um, the, the kids, you know, the the 12 year olds are smarter than the dads. Um, and you right. see this whole beat down on men on that side. And so it's either you're you're labeled as dumb or you're labeled as um, as arrogant or you're labeled, you know, or you can be too emotional if you fully go on that other on that other side. But then right. normally when they're, they're that emotional, they're normally not as good in the workforce. And so therefore, they're not making the money. So they're not attractive on that side. So it's like they're they're really shot up a lot on this because mm. what makes them healthy in one area is is counter to what will make them healthy in the other area. And somehow guys have to be able to find a way to be both.
0: I think that points to another, it feels like another episode, another yeah, podcast wow. episode in the making of just even the societal stereotypes that we put on men.
1: Yeah, my goodness.
0: So thanks for, um, yeah, going near that topic. I know, yeah, I can imagine there's probably a lot of men who are listening to this who could relate to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been talking about, so we've talked about, you know, thriving in is, um, you know, as a single, developing yourself. And in some ways, I think in our previous episode, we maybe, you know, alluded to the fact that a large percentage of single people are likely desiring companionship. But there is also this um, we're seeing that statistically more and more people are marrying later. Um, and And for lots of different reasons, sometimes for pursuing of careers or for education or just simply timing or finding the right one. But then I think we also are seeing um, in people almost like a fear of commitment and, um, you know, kind of this sometimes where even people will sabotage relationships as they get close. Um, They won't know how to be vulnerable in a romantic relationship. And I just want to we just wanted to just touch on that. And just hear your thoughts of why do you think we are seeing um, in this generation? Why are we seeing more people afraid of commitment?
3: Afraid of commitment, I think... um Well, there's, like you said, there's a number of factors that play into that. One of them is uh, the education factor where uh, there's been such a push on education um, that we're actually getting to a spot where um, when it comes to um, children born out of wedlock versus children born into married family, um, there is a 10-year gap now between the ages of the women um, that for those who are born out of wedlock, the average age is, I think, 18, in the average age of the first child in a family is 27. Um, and there's a huge gap that's happened there. And most of that has to do with um getting a career and education figured out along the way. Um, and so I think there's been a huge push in society um, for for that education, which then means mm-hmm. um, either people will uh, go get married before they get their education and then try to figure it out or they have a fear that if they don't um, they don't get their education first they'll never get it and then That can push them into that career path um, ahead of time and then or into the educational path ahead of time. And and then it just takes a lot longer for them to actually come back into a spot where they're looking at relationships and anything else. Um, And and so then then the other problem with that is as you go off into schooling, you'll see that the norm is is that philosophy that you don't need to be married, or you don't need this, or you don't need these types of relationships to impede you on wherever you're going, and mm-hmm. so then then that has a the further breakdown in that in those mm-hmm. communities. So I, I think. And that, that will really break down as well between, um, those who have, um, more of a conservative worldview compared to a liberal worldview. Um, so you'll see that, that breakdown in, in that area where, where typically they'll be getting married younger if they're more conservative, um, not always the case, but it has more of that, that typical feel to it. Um, so I think those are big factors, but then when you do get into the commitment side, um, I don't know. Sometimes it's, sometimes you'll see it because they, they've seen their friends go through it and they're like, well, if that's how it turned out for them, I, I might want to wait a little bit longer here. Um, mm-hmm. or you might see it where they will, um, they'll just, it, it doesn't always feel like the choices are available. So therefore um, this lamenting of looking for Mr. Right, not realizing that he'll grow into that or, or that she'll grow into right. that. And so I think some unrealistic expectations also kind of play into, mm-hmm. into that some more. What do you think?
2: I think I have a couple, maybe unconnected thoughts is that I think that there's this general sense from social media and the news in general that we are, in a very, uh, perilous age and that, you know, there's a lot of pessimism out there. And so I think that that stalls the game in a lot of ways that we feel like, well, you know, what's the point? Life is bad and it's getting worse. And, uh, and I think historically, if you are rooted at all in any kind of historical basis, you would know and it's worth investigating that we are in some of the best days that have ever happened on planet earth. And, and I think that we have a lot of reasons to hope for a future that is Mm -hmm. bright. And I think that we need to maybe unplug from some of the pessimism and, and push into relationships and, and kind of remove that dark cloud. So that's a little bit more of a, um, open-ended side of it. But I think that some of it is like what Sean was touching on. I think it's kind of this, I, uh, Hollywood does not help us. I think that we, we have these ideas of what it should feel like. And then when it doesn't feel like that, Mm -hmm. what we think it should be, it doesn't feel right. And I just want to go on record as saying that I don't care what you heard, where you heard it, and how much you love and respect the person that said it, no path to marriage was clear without a mess. (laughs) It was hard. Every person, no, I don't believe, maybe there was a love at first sight moment, but there was a lot of work that had to happen to get those people to a happy place. And so I think that sometimes we'd like to package things up Unfortunately, especially in the church, we we polish our stories. we hide the 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 maybe parts that we don't want people to know about. We don't talk about how it was messy and how, you know, he broke up with me because he was afraid. You know, like we have some really good friends who write this moment uh, would they wouldn't necessarily hide this, but you wouldn't look at them and think she was sitting on my couch a month away from when he proposed to her crying because he broke up with her because he didn't get blood, butterflies anymore every time he saw her. These are pastors in our life. you know. that He broke up with her because wow. he was afraid that he was losing his love for her. And then she's like crying and we're baking cookies and they're afraid their relationship is over. Well, they don't get a chance to say that every time. So people look at them and they think, oh, they're the perfect couple and things just worked out right. for them. And then maybe they look at their situation and they think, well, I don't feel that way. So this must, must not be Right. So then they pull the plug and then do it over and over again. We kind of break our own hearts because we keep going from person to person to person. We're really, I think, sticking with a a relationship may turn out to be the right one or, you know, finding a person that maybe isn't exactly the profile that you had in mind and believing in them might turn into something really cool. And so I think that sometimes it's the mythical thinking that Sean talked about earlier. It really works against us for sure.
0: Oh
1: totally totally and i I just something that came to mind too is something that um that pastor mitch um has said before our pastor um you know a lot of people say like the grass is greener on the other side, well, a lot of times that's because it's been watered more, yeah. you know it's it's gotten more attention, it's gotten more work put put in on it, and I think um, yeah, I just you know you have people like I know that movie came out, what is it the the notebook or whatever yeah.
0: mm, years ago, and it
1: was just like. Yeah, nobody talks about the brokenness that, that comes from so many of the decisions that are made out of just strictly romanticism, yeah. let alone, you know, um, just even, but I think even just the reality of just walking the journey out is a challenge too, mm-hmm. you know, and just having to go through that process. So I think that's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: You know, one of the challenges that a lot of single people are facing is when their immediate circle of friends or even their church community they're not seeing compatibility in the people around them. And so they start to look outside um, those spheres. And uh, I know one of the questions that, you know, we get a lot is uh, thoughts on online dating services. So I'm just going to throw that one out there and <laughs> get your thoughts on it.
2: Uh, I hopefully this, there isn't a right or wrong answer, but I I think a person That has kind of exhausted the resources around them. If they're living in a smaller church or they don't have, there's not a lot of people to pick from in their age demographic. I'm not against online dating. I think it can create kind of a a cynicism. So I think online dating with support that you're not just kind of like you're lonely. So you're just going to go online and Get a little hit of attention or whatever. I think that, you know, I, I'm not super familiar with the whole system, but I do know that there have been some highly successful relationships that have come out of an online dating situation. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that, as with everything, it really depends on the motive of the person. You know, if they just had it and they're going online because they're impatient, well, you right. know, maybe that won't produce the best results. But I, I think if you do it in a way that's supported and and you're kind of talking through that with people who love you. I'm not opposed to it. Mm.
3: I think, yeah, that's great. yeah if, if you're looking on my opinion, I, I agree with what Carrie just said. But I also think there's other things within your community that you could probably also get involved with um, that you need to be able to take a look beyond. Um, sometimes it's um, it's non uh, non Christian formatted things like the running club um, where you can actually run into other <laughs> Bad bad, bad. <laughs> run into other opportunities here. Um <laughs> sees how much this. I'm a cyclist more myself, <laughs> so I don't know I understand the running thing, but maybe you can bump into people there. That would be a There's good so thing. many
2: great pickup lines for the running club. They're just running through my head right now. <laughs> uh,
3: catch up. Um so yeah. I think I think there's other opportunities as well, and we went wouldn't we went dissuade against people being a part of going to uh, um – to reading nights or poetry nights or, or something else where you're in the community and there's an opportunity to meet other people, um, mm-hmm. and be, be, be around that. So why not have another, another uh, venue of that open up, which is online. Um, I just think that as long as you, when you're looking into an online relationship that you find a way to make that real sooner rather than later and that you involve, yeah. you involve your community in it. So you have a couple of trusted People that are are watching and and being a part of those discussions, so that uh, right. so that it's not just something that becomes isolated. Because it's just as bad when a couple completely isolates themselves from um, a friend group and they go at it alone. The worst thing they can possibly do. They need to have a community around them. So start the way that you want to finish. And if you're going into the online, that you have people that are going to be there with you to to um, to take a look to see is this guy going to be great or is this girl going to be what she says she's going to be, and are you going to be able to get along or you know like be able to have have a real life instead of just something that's made up. Um, yeah. and there's, there's great potential for real life, real active, um, engagement in that online environment. But, um, you need to meet them and you need them to be a part of your community because you don't marry just a person or you don't just engage a person, you engage their entire community. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and wow. so that's, that's the biggest part is making sure that you have that engagement with the community.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, you know, whether in person or online, it's really important that you bring your whole self to the table that you, you know, that you represent yourself accurately. You know, I think little rant here, like, I think I maybe you'll get fan mail or hate mail on this one, but I'm really like I wear makeup and I do my hair and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just not a fan of women completely changing their appearance with their makeup, and then all of a sudden it's like, surprise, Absolutely. I actually don't look like this at all. I feel like sometimes online we can pump up who we are to a degree that if I met you in real life, I wouldn't know you. And I, right. I just feel like there's cautions all around that, that you need to like who you are and and be true to who you are and trust that if you do that, somebody's going to like that too. And Mm -hmm. that is vulnerable, but you're not actually going to feel accepted unless somebody knows who you actually are and accepts you with all those flaws or your makeup is off or you're, you know, sitting in your sweats, like whatever. So you're not going to feel totally accepted until they see you for who you actually are, whether that's online or in person. So, Sooner you can get to that and really fall in love with that person. That's intimacy. Yeah. That that's the important stuff.
0: I really love that. That's really good.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing this. You guys are just amazing. Um, I so love hearing your wisdom and insight on, on everything we've talked about. Um, What are some ways that uh, people can kind of stay in touch with you and follow your journey? I know Carrie, you've got a blog. I do. Um, Yeah. What are some ways that they can kind of stay in touch with you guys?
2: Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. I'm Carrie Harvey journey. We also have a website, Harvey 6com Harvey com. I said that really fast and we're just in the process of updating that. So you can follow us there. But if you follow us on Facebook, you can also find us on Instagram. The official, I think o- official, official Harvey, Harvey six is nice. at official Harvey six Instagram or oh, really? Carrie Ann Harvey or Sean
3: Edwin or you, the Harvey six hashtag. Nice.
0: Yeah. And then we'll also, when we put this podcast up, then we'll also include a link, um, into your guys's,
2: into your, for sure. As
3: well, thank sure. you guys. Thank you. We appreciate oh, yeah. all you're you. doing. You guys pleasure. are doing a great
2: job. Oh,
1: thanks you guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right.
2: Okay.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at the unionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at the UnionMovement.